looking for some sparkle under the tree? Kendra Scott has a great selection of gifts for everyone on your list. From a classic pendant necklace to an on-trend statement earring to something customized just for her. Visit KendraScott.com and use the promo code BACHELORPARTY. That's the name of this podcast. Or mention this ad in your local Kendra Scott store for 20% off your next purchase. Again, KendraScott.com or the store with the code BACHELORPARTY. And now, let's batch. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It's December. We are just a few weeks out from Pilot Peter season. Weirdly, December has so many freaking Mondays in it. It's got five, the most you can have. And that means we are five weeks out from Peter season premiere on January 6th. We are back on this pod. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but starting today, we're back on Monday evenings going forward. And Next week, we are beginning a countdown on this very pod where we are going to rank every season of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. So far, there are 38 of them, and we're going from 38 to 1 based on the most dramatic season ever. I've been studying. I've been watching. I've been going back into the archives. Man, am I excited to talk about all of this stuff. It's going to be pretty wild. It kicks off next Monday, and we'll have guests along the way. It should be pretty cool and fun. I mostly just want to talk about The Bachelor because I weirdly miss it. I'm like a Bachelor addict. In the meantime, today, we're answering questions. Went to the mailbag, and these questions are almost purely from the Facebook group, Bachelor Party Podcast, which you should join if you have not already. And thank you so much to everyone who posed these questions. I'm excited to discuss, and I am joined by my lovely producer, Kaya McMullen. Hello, Kaya. Hi, Juliet. Will you ask me these questions, and we'll talk them out? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Who's first? First question comes from Catherine Marie. When do you think the influencer bubble is going to pop? Great cue, Catherine. So a couple things about this. First of all, Kaya, has your Instagram switched where they're hiding the likes yet? No, not yet. I'm still one of the lowly people who sees likes. I don't know anyone whose likes have disappeared, except for maybe Lauren Zima, who I think Instagrammed about it. But like maybe that wasn't even permanent. I I do think that that will affect things. If you have a business profile, I think you have access to like certain metrics that you don't when you're just like a regular human with an Instagram profile. So influencers will still be able to give data to the people who are sponsoring them. But I, I do think something will change there. Maybe the rates or, or whatnot. I don't I don't know. But I don't think the bubble is going to pop anytime soon. I mean, I feel like there's just more influencers than ever. And like while the Bachelor ones are primarily on Instagram, like there's also YouTube influencers. And there's just like it's just a whole new kind of celebrity and being on TV really helps you become that kind of celebrity. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I just think there's so much saturation now that it's not going to pop. Yeah. And I just think it will, maybe you can make less or it'll be harder to be successful, but I don't, I don't see that ending. And similarly, like in terms of casting, I don't know how they can just stop casting people who want to be famous because to go on the show, you have to like crave the attention in a certain way. I, I don't know. I don't see it popping anytime soon, but that's that's just my opinion. I, I agree. Know. I agree. And what, are they going to start casting people who don't have Instagram profiles? They don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to be able to do like some kind of check on them. I think they do do background checks or they did at some point. They do STD testing. But like it is in some ways a useful tool to like see what these people are all about. And like, like Hannah G, for example, she was an influencer beforehand. And that's why I was so against her being the bachelorette. But 
being in a bachelor relationship has done more for her influencer status than winning could could ever do. Like, I actually wonder if how long they'll date. I've heard that they're pretty legit, but um, that has like definitely helped her following in her career more than probably being the bachelorette itself. I mean, obviously Hannah Brown has so many followers, but in some ways I just feel like that was lightning in a bottle for her. So I don't know. And like Hannah Godwin is now up to 1.5 million followers. I mean, Dylan, her and Dylan doing a lot for each other. Kind of insane. They're uh, one of the great bachelor couples for now. I, I really want to get them on the show. I'm working on it, but they're hard to get. She's got one and a half million followers. Yeah. And they're always in Europe. Oh, my God. They do, like, travel a ton. Seems like they've got a great thing going on. All right. Let's go on to the next question. All right. The next question is from Dave Mahowski. I have a question about when people arrange grand entrances the first night. In parentheses, riding on a tractor or wearing a chicken suit or special things for dates like the John Paul Jones prom. Do they come up with those or do the producers? How do they choose who gets to do what? Great question, Dave. So, obviously... Perhaps some of this is wrong, but what I have heard is as it relates to the entrances, the contestants are like, it's a kind interpretation would be that they collaborate with the producers. A less kind interpretation would be that they're coaxed into doing things. But like, obviously, Alexis, the girl who was in the shark suit, some say dolphin, she was from Nick's season. She didn't show up herself with a dolphin suit, I don't think. Like, she wasn't like, hey, let me just pack this with all of my other stuff. So I think that the producers have, like, some ideas based on who these women are, and they help make them happen. Like, also, every time a woman or a man comes in in, like, a cop car or a minivan, like, as you recall, Garrett came in in a minivan, they can't arrange that themselves. They have to work with production on it. So I think it's based on conversations that they have with the producers that's, like, tied to their personality or perhaps it's a joke they have during the casting process, something like that. But they they can't just do it on their own. And I also think that to further answer the question, like when they decide who gets to have a suit, it's kind of a mix of like a, a less ridiculous entrance is usually someone who they think has a real shot and could win. And a more ridiculous entrance is someone who's clearly not, not going to win. Like Alexis was never going to win with Nick. Come on. Duh. She was also, I think, too young. So that's how that works. I think Paradise is different. Those dudes and dudettes have so much free time. I think Sydney got into this when she was on the show. Like, they just do nothing all day, every day. So I think that what I've learned is that the contestants can kind of, like, come up with things they want to do. And then, of course, the producers have to help make them happen, like in the case of John Paul Jones. But I think there's, like, more room for, like, contestant creativity in Paradise. Paradise seems like the shit. It's almost, like, worth it to not win so you can go to Paradise. Just my take. You just get to drink and eat and hang out all day. Yeah, and everyone from Paradise is, like, so famous. I know, know? exactly. You get almost the same benefits, like, fame-wise, after the fact anyways. Yeah, exactly. So why get into a relationship that's probably not going to last? All right. Next question comes from Laura Lozinger. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. What do you see as the long-term future of the show? What is its longevity in its current state, and how may it change? So we'll get more into this in the countdown, but I just went back and watched the first season with Alex Michelle, which is available on Tubi if you'd also like to watch. And I believe the Here to Make Friends podcast has been recapping it. Not that much has changed. Like, I will be discussing this at length, but 
a lot about the show is still very much the same. The Some of the ways they treat diversity and race has changed. And in some ways, the show used to take itself more seriously. But the bare bones structure and skeleton is completely intact. And even like some of the like the the flourishes that make the show the show, like the music and the like the drama and Chris Harrison, that hasn't changed. So I can see this going on for a long time. I mean, Peter is going to be bachelor number 24, I believe. Uh, yeah, there's been 23 bachelors and 15 bachelorettes. Peter will be number 24, 39 overall. And while I don't want to say I can see it going another 20 years, like I don't see it slowing down. And if the indication of how this past year has gone, it's only getting more popular and people are only liking the show more. Also, I think that, you know, all the different iterations we've discussed on the show about having like um, a gay bachelor or bachelorette or kind of, you know, having like a, a queer bachelor or bachelorette, like I think those shows would be great. But like the bachelor is the bachelor is the bachelor. Like like I said, it's it's pretty similar. And it's not that I don't want that, but like if we're just talking about if the show can keep on going, like yes, it can because it has, and it's made like just like minor differences. And it's kind of it's kind of wild to go back and see. For all that has changed, I think the viewers and the sensibility have changed more than the show itself, and that's kind of fascinating to me. So that's a little bit of a taste of what's to come when we do the countdown and go over every single season, which of which there's just so much. It's kind of fascinating. Kaya, have you ever watched any of season one? No, I haven't, but I'm thinking about going back and doing it before the countdown. There's also only um, like eight episodes, and they're only 42 minutes, like an hour long. So it's it's way less of an investment. But, you know, they, they didn't know what they were doing. It's at a different house. They green screened a lot of, of the sit downs. It actually like a really weird use of green screen that I don't understand. But whatever. I'm not Before a they had the budget. Yeah, basically. Like they're on a hill in Malibu and then they like green screen in this like the, the the ocean, but it's very clearly the same wave over and over again. It's really weird. I, I don't know why they did it, but it's whatever. Bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move All on. All right. Next question is from Joshua Stein. What are the top three spinoffs you'd want to see? Ergo, a show at high attendance events like Stagecoach, the return of a competitive game show, a regular Where Are They Now special? Um, Joshua, great question. So my number one spinoff show that I'd like to see is kind of like the Bachelor version of Survivor's Ponderosa. When these gals get sent off, they usually just go home unless they make it further and then they have to like stay on a trip or whatever put them all in a second house put them somewhere else in LA like they're all gonna move out here for careers anyway so let's just get a jump start on what that looks like and like when we all have loved to go back with Demi to her regular life afterwards like let's do like real world I was a bachelor contestant essentially and I don't know why we're not doing this ABC Warner Brothers, but like, let's get on at Warner Horizon. I think there's so much to mine there and it would just be so fascinating. Also, like you come out of a bubble and then you're just like back in into the real world before you get famous. Like that period of, you know, two months from let's say you get kicked off the show middle of October to before it airs in the beginning of January. Like we've got two and a half months to see this person on the precipice of fame. Like that's a great show and I want to know more. That's my number one pitch. But I, I do think there's some others. Like, we would watch a live feed of, of Bachelor Nation Goes to Coachella, wouldn't we, Kaya? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We basically I mean, already do. Yeah. yeah, seriously. And then, you know, I'm sure they'll be filming stuff, but Ben and Becca are on the road together for the show that they're doing for the live show. Like, that would be interesting, too. Like, when uh, Jason 
and Caitlin and Blake have been on the road for Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine like bar crawl tour, which is a great idea by her. Like, let's film that as well. I just think these people are now used to being filmed and they like the attention. So we should take more of an advantage of it. I agree. We always need more footage. Yeah. I'm also like, this is not even a spinoff, but show us the car rides. We know mm. they happen. Like, show, it's like, you know, release the Snyder Cut, release the car footage. We know it's there. <laughs> I want to hear it. I just think that there's no reason not to. Would you want them to bring uh, something like Winter Games back? Yeah, I loved Winter Games. I like the sillier stuff. That, and I think people do in general. Like, obviously, The Bachelor and Bachelorette is core. But, like, the reason Paradise is popular is because it's silly. And I think people like when it gets lighthearted like that. I agree. I forgot about Winter Games. Great stuff. Let's get that book back. Also, Leslie Murphy, where are you? Remember when she was dating Dean? Now it's all about Kaylin and Dean. I know. And now Kaylin's starting to become sort of a Leslie Murphy type. Yeah, just traveling the world, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the, the Dean effect. Although maybe Dean got it from Leslie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Leslie, we need answers. Leslie, you got to come back on the pod. <laughs> all right, next. Okay, next question is from Carly Cushman. What new twists would you add to the show right now? Thoughts on having a first impression rejection where the lead needs to eliminate someone immediately based on limo entrances? So, Carly, interesting suggestion. I don't think that the guys of the show would work if you did that. Obviously, night one is all first impressions because, like, they only get to really meet, like, a couple people. So it's mostly, like, who are you attracted to? But I do think beyond a first impression, Rose, like, maybe, like, someone gets to go on a date right away. Like, maybe you go off property with someone. But the first night is so action-packed and you need to get exposed to every person that it's hard to introduce many more wrinkles. I just think that they, like, you know, they had Katie and Demi come for Hannah's Night One to, like, be watching secret cameras or whatever. I would go a little bit harder with that. Another thing I I remembered from, or, like, forgotten about, but relearned from Alex Michelle's first season is his friend, he had two friends move into the villa, it was, like, guest house, and it was a different house back then. And the friends, like, actually, like, spent time and, like, allegedly spent the night, like, sleeping, like, at the same property. And, like, I, I've advocated for that before. I think it's a really fun idea. And let's just get more of the people's, like, actual friends and family involved. Because when they have a good family, it's really good TV. Like, Jason Tardick, I loved his family. I think Peter Weber's family looks awesome. So I would incorporate more people from their actual families. I really hope we get more of Peter's mom. I bet we're going to. I bet we are going to. I wonder if she opened up her Instagram yet. I need to keep checking on that. It's great stuff. She just loves her son. Peter, back flying the skies. I mean, I have a Delta flight tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay, so the next question comes from Julie Alderman. Uh, Fuck, Mary kill, waboom, Chad, Luke P. Okay, so I don't even think this this is difficult at all. I'm going Mary waboom. He actually seems beneath all that crazy yelling, probably the most normal. Um, I don't want to actually have sex with Chad, but like in the guise of this game, I choose Chad for fuck. And Luke P. Kill, who again, I don't actually like, I don't want him to die, but um, Luke P. Absolutely no thank you. And I think this is like pretty clear. What do you think, Kaya? What would your order be? Yeah, I I mean, I probably agree with that. I'm not super familiar with Waboom. He's from like a pretty early season, right? Um, no, he was like Rachel's season. No, I think he was Becca's. He kept yelling Waboom. Yeah, he kept yelling Waboom over and over again. Oh, yeah. Waboom! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so oh, annoying. Well, he, yeah, it's, he really I mean, sucked. Luke P is just like automatically killed. He's because, out. I, I don't yeah. want to spend five seconds around Luke P. You know, I forget that Luke P and Jed exist. Like, what else for them? Like, I, I just forget that they're people all together. 
Jed has a new girlfriend. Yeah, he unveiled that on Thanksgiving, (laughs) as did Jordan Kimball. Like, Jed is, if you're Jed's girlfriend, you have to be like, dude, did you have to do this today? Like, are you just trying to get everyone to know that you have a girlfriend? Like, come on. Like, it's really embarrassing that he did it on Thanksgiving, which is like a a top Instagram day because everyone's like showing off their families and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Everybody's showing off their Thanksgiving fits. Yeah, so (laughs) embarrassing. But yeah, he's dating a girl. She's pretty. I don't know what else to say about her, really, other than congrats to Jed, right? Like, Jed, we wish you well. Exactly. Jed, we wish you well. Her name is (laughs) Ellen Decker with two R's, and their first picture together was them on a jet ski in Miami. So Miami was a hotspot for Thanksgiving this year. Who else was there? Uh, Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber. Weird. Yeah, strange. I I don't know know of anyone else, but those two just came to mind. Well... You're right. Jed, we wish you well and hope to never hear from you again. <laughs> I have to say, by the way, I think Jed is looking cute these days. Okay. <laughs> he looks he looks good in the jet ski photo. That's all that's all I want to say. <laughs> all right. Next question. Moving right along. Yes. Uh the next question is from Diana Metzger. Two questions. If the Bachelorette chose a lead from the archives, who do you think they should choose? If you had to choose an, a, a, the same lead to do it all over again, I would go Brad Womack for the third time. I just think that would be, like, funny and weird. I don't know why. I, I have, like, a weird fixation with Brad Womack. Again, we'll get into that in the countdown. Um, he'd be an interesting one. And I always wanted Leslie Murphy, who we just mentioned, to be the Bachelorette. I still think that would have been really good. I have a hard time believing that Dez and Chris will stay together forever. And I also would like to have, like, a middle-aged Bachelorette. So when Dez is divorced... I'd like a divorced Dez to be Bachelorette. I love that. I want a divorced Bachelorette or Bachelor. We had a, was a, a divorce would be great. I think that Jason Mesnick was divorced. You know, his he has his son Ty with with a different woman. So I'm pretty sure that he was divorced. Like, I just want some like real people back in the mix. Like Colton, so not real. Peter, kind of real. But like, I, I want someone who's just like, yeah, I'm divorced. I work at a bank. I work in sales, and I'm looking for a wife. Like, let's just make them random people once again. Exactly. We need more life experience. Yes. Completely. Okay. Second question from Diana. Which former bachelor or bachelorette couple do you wish had worked out and did not? Hmm. Diana, this is a good question. This is a really weird answer, but I I really wanted Jeff with one F and Emily Maynard to work out. I don't know why, but I just thought they they were funny. And apparently Jeff with one F, him and Ari had a big feud and people don't say nice things about him. But um, for some reason, I just wish they had worked. I think that would have been funny. Also, for Ben's sake, I think Ben would have been happy if him and Lauren had worked out. I mean, I think he's really happy now with Jess and so nothing against her. But I think that um, I think that Ben would have liked it if that had worked. Although, you know, he ended up probably with someone he likes now. So it all works out. We're going to answer some more questions. But first, let me tell you about today's sponsors. Family and friends love receiving gift cards for the holidays. And you know what? I love sending them. And what better way to gift them what they really want than with happy cards? Happy cards make giving personal gift cards easy and stress-free. When you give happy cards, your lucky loved one can use them at any of the brands displayed on the card. For your mom, wife, sister, or best girlfriend, check out Happy Her, which includes Macy's, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Sephora, and more. For picky teenagers, check out Happy Teen, which includes Barnes & Noble, Regal Cinemas, Dave & Buster's, and American Eagle. 
For those last minute gifts, check out Happy Moments or Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays includes Ulta, Red Lobster, GameStop, Chili's, so delicious, and P.F. Chang's. Send me some lettuce wraps. Happy cards contain no fees. They never expire, and they're delivered straight to your door, making it the perfect gift that anyone will love. Happy cards sounds like a great idea, whether it's a last-minute gift or right now. I mean, who doesn't want to have a dinner on the house or really on their friend or family member at Chili's? I love that chocolate molten cake, and I always need stuff at Ulta. This sounds perfect. If you want to give some happy cards all this holiday season long, you can enjoy free shipping by visiting giftcards.com slash happy or pick one up at your local grocery store. Have a happy holiday season with happy cards. Back in November, holiday entertaining kicked into high gear. An article is here to help you make this entertaining season stress-free and beautiful. With stackable extra seating, extended tables, and multi-purpose poofs, article selection of stylish furniture makes it easy to find just what you're looking for. At article, you save up to 30% off over traditional retail prices because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. No showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markup. Article's design team focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. Each piece reflects Article's modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. Shipping is fast and affordable or free for orders over $999. And they have additional options for in-room delivery and assembly assistance. You get 30 days to make up your mind in simple return and exchanges. I love my article furniture. I have a great um, cabinet that I use for my shoes and my linens. I have an awesome lamp. I have a side table next to my couch. But moreover, I recommend article to friends all the time. In fact, I was just looking to buy a new lamp with Liz Kelly of The Ringer. And the first place we thought of was article because they have high quality, great pieces at a price point you can afford. If you're interested, Article is offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash bachelor, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash bachelor to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And now, let's answer a few more questions. All right. Next question is from Tom Pellegrino. Which episode do you think we will see Fred Willard? And if they replace Fred, what celebrity should announce Bachelor-like contests? Well, Tom, I think we can safely assume he'll be in episode three. Episode one is just the arrivals. Episode two is usually uh, the first one-on-one, a group date, and another one-on-one or another group date. I think it's usually two one-on-ones and a group date, though. Usually the competition with the judging panel is saved for episode number three when there's slightly fewer women and we know them a little bit better because then his zingers aren't as cruel. So, Fred, well, I love you. I particularly love the movie Waiting for Guffman and I also really like Best in Show. Uh, he's really fucking funny in Waiting for Guffman, though. When his time has come, I nominate fellow Pitch Perfect star, Adam Devine, to take his spot. I just feel like he'll fit in perfectly. He'll have a lot of funny one-liners. Probably also, like, would be happy to do it based on essentially zero information, but that's just my projection of of Adam Devine. And I don't know. I just think he'd be really funny. Is that a really random answer, Kaya? No, I think it works. Thank you. I feel like he'd be worthy perfect. Yeah. And, like, on that note, let's get Elizabeth Banks in the mix. I feel like she'd be good for this as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She'd be bring, like, that Hunger Games energy. Yes, exactly. Plus, she's a judge in Pitch Perfect, and she's, like, raunchy and inappropriate. I kind of would like it if she played the Pitch Perfect character. That'd be fun. Like okay, let's move on. All right. Uh, next question is from Jenna Lee Anthony. This might be a better 
question from a former contestant. Are the ladies on a bachelor season allowed to get their hair cut or highlighted, spray tans, nail appointments, and waxes throughout the weeks of filming? I imagine when they go to hometowns, everyone cleans up, but wondering if it's allowed during travel. So Cassie very clearly cleaned up in between the hometown hometown and final. So what I think what happens is you go to your hometown and you're there. You can like replenish your your wardrobe, get your nails done, get your hair cut or whatever. But I believe it was Sydney who mentioned that they were really happy to have a lease on Colton's season because she knew how to thread eyebrows and they weren't really and she also knew like was really good at doing nails and they weren't actually allowed to like seek out beauty or spa services. Like obviously you can shave your own nails. Anything you can do yourself. By the way, I only mentioned shaving because I've always wondered about it on Survivor. Um, but you can do all that stuff yourself, but you can't like go to the spa or whatever. So, you know. Cassie also, I think pretty famously, the night that Colton walked off, you could really see her white gel manicure. Like, it was still on, but her nails had grown. So there was, like, that gap when you've had your manicure for, like, 10 days or more. And it was kind of funny. It was very real and relatable. I would have recommended she get bridal nails. Definitely not white. But that is what I've heard. And I think if you kind of, like, look closely, you can you can see the signs of it. But it would be really nice to be able to, like, go home and you get a pit stop and, like, kind of a week off. And I don't know. I like yeah, that. I always wonder how the highlighting works with like hair highlights because they grow so fast, especially someone with like Cassie, where it's like really, really light blonde and you can tell it's not her natural color. It's like after a few weeks, you can visibly see roots. So I've never dyed my hair. I'm like scared to do it. So I, I don't exactly know. But most of these women aren't on the show for that long. If you make it to hometowns, you have made it. Seven weeks, I think. So that's not that long, right? Like, you get your hair done, like, the week or two before. I guess you're right. You like, have to really strategize. Yeah, totally. You have to, like, be conscious and, like, be making good decisions. Okay. Um, moving along. Next question comes from Audrey Altman. Whose post-bachelor bachelorette career do you think has been the most successful? How do you think the show has adjusted slash should adjust to avoid being seen as purely a stepping stone to Instagram fame? So Dark Horse answer here. I'm going to go with Becca Tilly. Her podcast is legitimately popular, uh, or so I hear. She does a lot of modeling, and she seems to, like, really come into her own. And she was on twice. She was on Ben's season, and she was on Chris Soule's season. She's won her second in a row People's Choice Award for, like, favorite entertainment podcast or whatever. And I think she's, like, actually doing really well. And maybe it's just, like, based on the expectation, but she was really quiet. She made it far on Chris's season, and I didn't really get it. Uh, but she seemed to have figured things out, and now she's thriving. So she's definitely up there. I also think that Ashley Iaconetti, as a podcast host, also is doing really well. I think I think the women in particular who have gone into kind of, like, being a host, but, like, more than just, like, on their own Instagram, but, like, aligning with actual broadcasting companies and whatnot has been pretty successful. And then, of course, uh, Jordan Rogers on the SEC Network announcing football games. So that's pretty impressive. A legitimate job. A legitimate job. Congrats, Jordan. Great job by you. All right. Uh, next question comes from Kate Hitchings Halt. How do you go about developing relationships with the quote-unquote talent? If you want to talk to Tyler C. now, do you have to go through his agent or manager, or is the whole thing more open and democratic than that? Kate, it really varies. Thanks for bringing up Tyler. We've made it very far, and we haven't discussed him. And as you all know, I love Tyler. Tyler's become a friend. He's a really, really nice guy. Like, that is just not a front 
at all. And it's kind of shocking because he's so handsome. So with Tyler, I'll just text him. But if I had like official work business that has to go through proper channels. So yeah, I mean, how do I become friends with them? Um, just from being a fan, I'm like pretty big loser who just likes to geek out to the people she's a fan of, like namely the Backstreet Boys and people from The Bachelor and Bachelorette. So yeah, I, I get creepy. I slide into DMs and then, you know, we just try to, I think at The Ringer in general, have thoughtful conversations with people and on our podcast and in our written stories. And I think that that usually means that you respect the people you talk to. And hopefully that sets a good foundation for becoming friends. And then for, you know, it it really depends on each person. If if they, you know, both Hannah Brown and Tyler have official managers and so like Nick has a manager as well. And it just sort of depends person to person. But, you know, all these people just start out as just, uh, you know, other regular humans. And I just reach out and try not to be too weird, which is hard in the case of someone like Tyler, who I have a huge crush on. (laughs) <laughs> okay, next. Okay. <laughs> next question's from Aaron Burnham. If you could only watch one person be the bachelor and bachelorette for the rest of your life, just season after season of them trying to find love, it inevitably fails and they try again, who would it be? I think Claire Crawley. She's given us so much, including a failed engagement to Benoit from Winter Games. I think Paradise really came into its own when she had the fight with the raccoon. Claire is just television gold for these producers for whatever reason. So she would be high on my list. I think for beauty purposes, got to mention Tyler, but honestly, I don't think he'd be the most compelling lead. And yeah, I'm going with Claire. Like no one, I don't think anyone else is on her level. She's great. That reminded me, the other couple I wish had worked out and didn't is Allie Fedotowski and, and Frank. Frank dumped her in her finale. And I wish they had worked out because her husband looks just like him. It's hilarious. Everybody has a type. Everybody has a type. (laughs) All right. Last question comes from Peyton Cole. Who do you think is the best Bachelor contestant cameo purchase? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So you want someone who's going to take it seriously. And, you know, you want someone who's really going to put their all into it and really consider the the situation. I think you got to go Ashley Iaconetti. I bet Ashley is really thoughtful and like looks into the prompts. And if you ask for advice, I bet she gets good advice. Maybe you could get Jared in it, two for the price of one. I can't think of a better choice than Ashley. Um, One of my friends once bought me a cameo from Ben, which was hilarious because we could just call him. But his was really good, too. So no shots. But uh, I'm going to go with Ashley. I just think that she would be very um, sweet and be really honest. Caitlin Bristow would also be really good. I think Caitlin and Jason would be good together. Um, Yeah, Caitlin or Ashley, those are my choices. Yeah, I feel like they would take it seriously and be like, they'd get all the information right. Yeah, exactly. And and they would like really care and like make it a good video. So that's that's what you're looking for, right? Someone who puts their all into it. Exactly. You want production value. Kaya, thanks for coming on this question journey with me. This has been really fun. We'll continue. I think we'll we'll do mailbags more frequently uh, in the Peter coming season been really fun. Thank you for sending in questions if I didn't get to it. Uh, hopefully we'll next time. Always feel free to tweet at me or DM me. I, I read them all. And we'll be back next Monday with um, the first installment of the most dramatic season ever official rankings of the Bachelor Party podcast. I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. Um, have a great week and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>